Okay, good morning, everyone. So last week, we discussed the Gemara's in Subis as the source of what we're calling proto-kailal. It was last week that we focused on this, which was basically giving many examples that we saw in the Gemara there of people that were learning after they were married. And we pointed out that to say that it's a newfangled idea that one learns after marriage is absurd. We can show many, many examples of people who learn not, not for a little bit, not that they managed to learn and work, but they went away and dedicated their entire day and years to just learning. Um, we talked about situations of up to 12 years, 24 years in the case of every Akiva. So amazing amounts of time that people are dedicating to just pure learning Torah after marriage. So the idea that somehow there was no concept of that is patently untrue. That being said, it doesn't seem, at least from the examples that we've been seeing so far, that this is classic sort of a, a community color where the town is doing, we have certainly Gemaras that tell us that somebody should be isoparmactive for the Talmud Chacham, we should help the Talmud Chacham with his work, make it, let him go and, and purchase first, let him do his business first. There are certain elements you help, but the idea that somehow the Talmud Chacham is not going to uh, work at all and be supported by a community that we're not seeing. Here in these examples of these Gemaras, we're talking about family supporting the Talmud Chacham. Right? We're talking about a specific person supporting the Talmud Chacham who, you know, is interested in, in learning. You didn't miss anything we're just reviewing from last week. All right. So now what I wanted to do is start uh, with a couple of things. It's, uh, you know, going to be Pesach. It's our last year before Pesach. I thought we'll run through a few Gemara's and Sachem that are relevant to our talk. So Gemara says like this. Amr Abaya, we're talking here about the halacha that one has to do with the Gaspanas. Says the Gemara, the beginning of Pesachim, Amr Abaya, Hilkach Haid Suber Me'ar One of the rabbis, shouldn't start learning, shouldn't start a Seder on the night right of the 14th. I right? shouldn't start learning on the night of the 14th in the evening. Why not? Maybe he's going to get what? What's Mashka mean? Remember we had it last? He's going to get drawn in by the Gemara. He's going to get drawn in by the Gemara. He's going to forget. To do what? He's going to forget to do the Gashomet. Right? So this is the same line that we had where? We had the Gemara and Subas, right? Remember the Gemara said that they had a deal, right? They would come back when? They would come back every Yom Kippur, Mal Yom Kippur. And what happened one year was Mashka Shmaitza. Right? So this idea, we pointed out the whole thing of the Gemara, the Gemara and Sanhe, the Gemara and Abadizar in relation to the Minos, the Shani, the Minos, the Mashka, right? There's certain things that draw you in. And what I was pointing out is that Gemara is using a pregnant word, a very loaded word, the same word that used for heresy, we also use for Gemara, right? For learning terms, when you get into learning terms in such a way that it becomes something that draws you in. You can't not learn. It's almost like a drug. It's, it's so powerful that you can't let it go. And everything, every chance, every minute you have to learn Torah, you just love it. It's not a chore. It's not a masri. It's not something that's difficult. It's something that you can't live without. That's the level we should Vinch on all of us, we should be able to get to the level of terror, love of terror, that it becomes such a, a desirous thing that it literally draws us in that we forget 
our wives, forget our doing mixes, ridiculous comments, all these basic things. That's a love, that's a level of love, Sarah, that we're talking about, and that these rabbis have from Chazam. All right. So I said we'll go through Psachim and see if we can find some rias to our topics uh, at hand. We have a mission in Psachim. Mission tells us in the fourth paragraph, right? The paragraph is called Markham Shinar. The whole thing is dealing with Menachem. So a place where there's a minute to do Malachan on Tishabav, the Oisin, then you're allowed to do work on Tishabav. If it's a place where the minute is not to do Malacha, then you're not to do Malacha on Tishabav. And in all places, regardless of what the minute is, not supposed to do work on Tishabav. Person should always make himself out. He's a tamachacham, meaning not that he should walk around like I'm a big kanaka. No, he should walk around and not do work on this. Okay. Well, what do I see from this Mishnah? Ah, I see from this Mishnah that Minacham did work, right? I'm telling you all this meaning about working on this, but not in all places, Minacham should be bottled. It should be bottled from the Malacham. And that's what Rashi explains. What does it mean? Tamnecham metelam mimulacha. He said, "Yeah, they should battle for their work that day." What are we talking about? What kind of work are we talking about? That's about working and going to the store. Oh, very cute. That's like a very Hasidic interpretation. No, right? We're talking about doing work. And then that's supposed to do work on Tishbev. It's a riot to me that the idea that tamnecham did work. It's not the work of going to the store to go buy groceries. That's not work. I mean, work, literal work. That's what they did. On a normal day, I was saying, don't do that work on Tishabah. Good? All right. I got some better rice. Don't you worry. All right. But before we do, I have another Gemara, which is very relevant to what we've said. The Gemara said like this. It's also in, in, in the same paragraph. That's the Gemara. Tanar Abana. Yej Zariz Veniskar. Yej Zariz Venifsan. There's somebody who's a mamash of Zariz. How do you say Zariz in English? He's very diligent. Oh, good word. Right. He's very diligent. And he gets a reward. And then there's a Zaris who's not. Yesh Shaf of an Iskar. There's like a lazy person, a meek person who is successful. Yesh Shaf of an Iskar, and someone who's not successful. What's the example? Zaris of an Iskar, the Avid Kul Shabbat, Shabbat. What is somebody who's a Zaris of an Iskar? He's somebody who's very diligent and he's going to be success. He works very hard all week, but Vloy Avid Mal Shabbat. He doesn't work by our Shabbos. Right? My, my father, he stops working every Shabbos, 12 o'clock, you know, whatever Chatzai, he, he will not pick up the phone. He tells him he's mad to himself, he uses the computer. But he don't want to pick up the phone. He won't talk to a, a, a customer or a client. No, that he won't do on every Shabbos. The level, right? I thought about it this Shabbos when I was working till 6.30. I'm sticking, and I was on the phone. I was on the computer. I was like, oh, going crazy. Yeah, I was thinking about it. Like, you know, there's a level. Right? There's a level of Yesh Zariz Veniska. Says the more one knows somebody who's diligent and be success, doesn't work in Arab Shabbat. Doesn't mean don't work in the morning. Mount Shabbat is coming to be Shabbat. That's after Katsai. It's going to be Shabbat. I'll tell you, there's a. I'm a Salavajic from Yeshiva University. He said things that were not so typical from, from Rosh Hashivas, from Gedelin to say. Very honest, very cutting kind of thing. He said very honest things about the, about various different areas of Jewish life. One of the things that he said that was very 
very sharp. He said in America, you have many, many many ge'oinim. This is many ge'oinim unbelievable. The level of their Torah is like it would be in Europe, like unbelievably learned. He's like, and you know, people here in America, many of them becoming very religious. They all keep Shabbos. Very impressive, really. Does we know it's missing from Europe here? Because there's no Arab Shabbos hidden. Because in Europe, when I grew up, there were Arab Shabbos hidden. Arab Shabbos, they were singing, they went to Shabbos, they were excited. I don't feel Arab Shabbos in America. Shabbos, okay, I don't feel Arab Shabbos. Oh, they have those kind of in? <laughs> okay, all right. I found the source for that, by the way. Yeah, yeah I, and we talked about this. I think. I no, say I, I found the source. I found the source. To, I found the matter that, that uh, seemed to indicate. Yeah. Yeah, but actually, or like just a No, I, let's not go. Let's not debate the quibble on how far one has to go along on this. But, but they want to be kind. They want to be kind. Kehoygen, kehoybin the tayamel. Yeah. All right. Fine. All right. So then the market continues like this. Yeah. So then we have a Zoras for Nifsad, right? The Avikul is Shabbat, Shabbat. Someone who's a Zoras and he's a Nifsad, he's not only working a whole week diligently, he's also working until Shabbos. Shaf of a Niskar, what does it mean? Someone who's like a lazy, right? And he's and he's still successful is Shabbat, He doesn't work all week, he also doesn't work every Shabbat. Right. So at least he's not doing everything different. What about Shabbat of Nifsad? Someone who's a lazy and he's going to be a loser. Why? What does he do? You imagine, right? This is a what do they call it in the in math? Uh, it's a, the Venn diagram. There's one with the four boxes and the thing they put in the genetics, right? So what? What? There you go. It's the fancy words. I don't know, but so the the market thing is was a shop of anissa the leovikul shabbata shabbata. He doesn't work all week. He wakes up when Friday afternoon. That's when he starts. To get, <laughs> it's almost Shabbos. I have to finish all my work. Your whole week, you're lazy. No, now you're making up fair travels. You're a shock, but it's fine. On my Rava, this is what, what the connection is. It says, Rava, what's the connection? The woman in Mechaiza, which is where Rava's town, right? Rava lived in Mechaiza. It says, the woman in Mechaiza, um, even though they don't do any work in Arab Shabbos, it's because they're Mephunak. How do you say? They're, uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for in English? Mephunic, how do you say? Is a very finicky. Oh, that's that's good. That's a good etymology. Finicky mephunic, right? Definitely must be. I, I, I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, a person who knows linguistics, but it sounds that's too close, right? To be, uh, to be a mistake. Oh, but that's really what, that's the exact word, right? The Gemara says about Gamliel, he says about himself, he's a mephunic, he needs to have showers, even in times that he shouldn't shower, he still has to do. That, that, that's what we're talking about. Somebody who's very, so Rav is saying that the women of Mechaiza don't do work in Arab Shabbos because they're Mephunic. They don't want to get their hands dirty. But, but then Rav continues. And he says, They're not doing any work all week either. They're not doing any work on Arab Shabbos, meaning that they're Mephunic, but that's not like Arab Shabbos' unique thing. They don't do any work anytime. Afilah, very good, you got it. Afilah, he shop of a nizka, Korean love. But he says, 
we still call him Shach Veniska, right? We call him we call him lazy and successful. Why? Because what was the what was the the yun on the on the on the in the four, right? Is those that do uh, nothing all week, but they also don't do anything on Arab Shabbos. Those are Shach Veniska. So he says the woman of Bechayz are Shach Veniska. They don't do any work Arab Shabbos. They don't do any work all week. So it's perfect. What's the connection? The connection is to the Ran and Kedushin, right? What did the Ran say? And the Gemara told us that what was a machlek between, be, very nice, right? Between Shmuel and Rabbi Yechon about when you should get married or learn Torah. So we said that the Gemara had an answer, that really it's a, not a machlek, that in Bavu they first get married. And in Eretz Yisrael, they first learn Torah. What was the reason? So it sounded like the reason was according to the Ran, was because the women in Eretz Yisrael were what they called Jerusalem, American princesses? No, Jewish, Gyps, Gyps, not Jats, Gyps. They were Jewish Israeli princesses. They, they, they were Ma'angais, right? That was Loshan Aran. They were very nice. They, everything has to be done for them. They had a lot of help, super help. They didn't have to do any work. So therefore, well, it's not a joke that there's such a thing. Like, you have to go through Gemara and Subas about somebody who has everything. And the Gemara says, still supposed to work a little bit, right? So you shouldn't become like this. So the Gemara, so the Ran saying, that the women at Israel, they are such ma'angas, they're so they're so pampered, they don't even have to work at all. They don't have to work at all, right? So then you marry them, then it becomes a burden on you. Because then you have to support this kind of a lifestyle. So you have to work. You're not going to be able to focus on your Torah. That's going to be Rechaim et Tzavar, impossible. But what about the woman in Bavel? Says the Ran. There are Ivdais. They work very hard. So then they're a real partner. Then you can get married first. You get married first. That's no problem. Why? Because they will be your partner. They're not going to make you to do the work. You're going to be able to learn. They're going to support you. This was the Ran's answer. This is a bomb cash on the Ran, no? It's a good cash. I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, Shmuel himself is from there, though, but I don't think the Gemara is not making that community. The Ran is saying it's a difference between Bowen and Israel. Hmm? So, yeah, so right? No, but I'm saying, Hani Nashu the Machaiza that Rav is talking about. Rav is still calling him a Shaf of Aniska, but he's saying they never work all week. That's your way of trying to answer yeah. up the Ran. Oh yeah, no. No, again, there there is a level of humor here in this more for sure. But what I'm going after is just the I think it's the cash on the run, right? Okay, all right. Next is I want to get into Arab psalmody. The marsh is like this. Um. For you, this will be a repeat. The Gemara says like this. I said this on Shabbos Haganum. Um, this Gemara. The Gemara says, Rav, Ashkechei Rav Huna de Kaddish HaShichra. Rav, Rav Huna found him, and he saw that he was making Kiddush on beer. So, Amarle, he says, Shari Abba Lemikne Istri Meshichra. Says you got into the business of being a brewer, and now you decide it's something to make kiddush on beer. It's a snarky line. You hear that line? A snarky line. Why is it a snarky line? 
Well, yeah, but it's snarky. I'm going to tell you why without getting into it because it really is too much of a tangent. There was a woman, I believe she's alive today. She wrote, she was the head of an organization called JOFA, I believe it was called. Jewish? I don't, I don't know what it stands for. But something about Jewish and feminist somehow worked out the, the acronym. And she kind of coined the line, her name was Blue Greenberg. She said, when there is a rabbinic will, there is a halachic way. You hear the line? The sharp line. Now, in Orthodox Judaism, we don't accept such a line. We want to say, that halacha changed over centuries. That's not a problem. That is okay and acceptable and correct. But to say that halacha changes because somebody uh, didn't like something or liked something, that calls into question the objectivity of the Pesach in such a fundamental way that that is a non-starter in halachic Judaism. True or not is not the point. It cannot ever be said or accused. Once you do that, it effectively calling into question the whole halachic enterprise, calling into question the whole Torah Shabbat. Okay? It's a third rail. I think that means the third rail is you get electrocuted on it. You don't, if you ever had jumping in the, or somebody's pushing, New York City is very dangerous, you ever buy the subway, you hit the third rail, that's the one you shouldn't touch. The rest of them are not electric, I believe, right? That's the line. This is a third rail in Allah, in, in, in understanding the about What is Rav Huna accusing Rav of? The third rail. He says, Shara Ava Lamikne Istri Meshachra, right? You matter. Um, to to make kiddush on the beer because of the fact that now you're in the beer business. Snarky line. In fact, that's probably not the case, says the Rashbam. Why not? Because go back to the Ahmed before. And if you go back to the Ahmed before, you see that Rav, more says an unbelievable line, Omar Yitzhak Omar Shmuel Bar Marta. Right, Marta is a girl. Sometimes you have, right, that you quote a rabbi in the name of the mother, right? Marsha was known famously as what? What was the name? Shmuel ben Adol, right? Of Leib Saras, right? There's, there's people who are known by a woman's name. Why? Because they had the help in the, their learning or help in somehow in their success. Says, I think more on the page before, that Ritzel Bar Shmuel Bar Martha said that he says, Akati uh, is still Akati Rav. Rav is still not yet passed away. We're already forgetting the Shmites is the learning that he told us. And what's the learning that he told us? He says, I was Zimnan in his house on the Friday night. And then sometimes he was Makadish Ah Rifta. The Zimnan, and sometimes he liked the wine, and he was Mikadashamra. That is to say, sometimes he had, you know, I don't know, seven grain challah, right? He had gluten-free, he had, I don't know, whatever the new bangled challahs are, and he was excited about it. So he made Kiddushan challah. And sometimes he had nice wine, he made Kiddushan wine. Says the Rashbam, that's what's going on over here. He had good beer, maybe he had an IPA. I use that joke also. I don't know what an IPA is, but that's all it's a nice beer. So he has an IPA. Fantastic. 
right? So that's really how the Rashad wants in the parents. Don't say it's like, but that's what the line that Rafuna said it. It happened to me, if you recall. I, this was how I, I'm not going to get into the topic of why I use this. Um, I was using a whole different topic about the Dalek crisis, which is not for right now. But there are a few other times, many, uh, more than a few other times in chats where you find these kind of snarky lines. <clears throat> I happened to use uh, one yesterday, which is why I thought about this Gemara. The Gemara says in the Yushalmi and Avri Psachim, the Gemara says about Rabbi Yoyna and Rabbi Yehuda that when they drank Arabic Kreises, they had such a headache. The Chazik Reisha, Mipisra Ad Atzarta. Or the other one was the Chazik Reisha, Mipisra Ad Chaga. Either Tulshuas or Tulsukas, they had headaches. Gemara in the end of the Dharm says about Rabbi Huda, a different version. It says that he had a headache from Pesach until Shuas, but not until Sukkot. Either way, it's a long migraine. I mean, I'm not an expert, but that's a pretty bad, right? It's like, oh, so, 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 the, so, the, so the, this was part of my topic. Shulchan Aruch says that me, she'ein neshoi seyayin, mibnei she'mazikai oisoynoi tzorach litchik atzmoi Meaning, you don't want to drink wine because you, you either hate it or, right, they were drinking malaga, or, or it, it makes you a bad headache, it makes you gout, it makes you horrible, you know, feel terrible. Nevertheless, push yourself to still drink the wine. This is the halacha. Again, halacha of obviously today with all that term and the grape juice and the mixing and all that, it's different. I'm saying the pure halacha was push yourself. It's not for now. I'm not going to get into this. But the much like this. Abiyana said that it's mutter to do the dal crisis on yain mavushal. Yain mavushal is a weaker wine, right? In those days, the wine was very strong. Even then, the Gemara says that you had to dilute the wine. If you don't dilute wine, you're a barbarian. And the Gemara says that Rava says here in Avir Psachim, right? If someone is shasa yain chai, so the Tanakhama says you yaitza, but then Rabbi says, only what are you yaitza? Yidei yayin yatav, yidei cheros is not yaitza. You can't have cheros if you're drinking undiluted wine. Again, I don't understand how they make wine or how they make wine in those days, but somehow the wine was so powerful that if it wasn't diluted with water, it was, it was not considered drinkable normally. So they had to dilute it. So Rabbi Yain is saying, you can drink yayin mavosh. Yayin mavosh would basically take out the oomph, whatever it is in the wine, it would take it away. Says the Gemara, this is the stomach of the Gemara. We don't have a name. So it's going to Rabbi Yaina Rabbi Yaina is going according to him. And then we bring down the story that Rabbi Yaina has headaches. What's the Yushalmi saying? The same line, snarky, right? Rabbi Yaina is matir. Yain Mavusha. Why? Because he had headaches. Does anybody remember the, the, the time before that that I brought up snarky lines like this in chats? There's another Yerushalmi. I brought this up a couple of years ago. In relation, it appears three times in, in the in Yerushalmi. Here is the same line that we know that, right, we discussed before in the Safir of Secular Studies about whether or not one is permitted to study, you know, uh, outside wisdom, right? Remember the Bar Menachas, Shal Ben Dhamma, right? The Shal Ben Dhamma was the what? 
was the nephew of Rabbi Shmuel, and he said, Am I allowed to study the outside of secular wisdom when I know what did he say to him? He said, it says, say as man that's not a day or a night, that's when you can study I'm not getting into that tangent. It's too much of a tangent, right? But remember the Gemara. It says the Rishami, Omer Abavo, Mutter Lilamin, it's Bita Yavanis, Nesha Takshi, though. You're allowed to teach your daughter Yavanis because it's a Takshi for her, it's an adornment for her. And Rabbi Avo says that he knows this from Rabbi Yechlam. Says Rabbi Bun, Rabbi Avo, because you want to teach your daughter Yavanis, you're going to hang your sheet on the hat of Rabbi Yechlam. Says Rabbi Avo back to Rabbi Bun. I should be hung from that tree that you say I'm being tired of my, my shita on Rabbi Yechanan. I should be hung from that tree if it's not true. Meaning that I heard this from Rabbi Yechanan. But what's he accusing him of? He's accusing him because he wants to teach his kids Greek. So he says, oh, Rabbi Yechanan said it. He's effectively making, he's being accused of making up things. Yeah? Okay. So going back, so these are snarky lines. Like I said, I think it's the third rail in Halakha. It's really not appropriate. You, you should argue with somebody on substance. Don't argue that because he has an igiyas. Don't argue about an igiyas. Maybe he has an igiyas, maybe he doesn't have an igiyas. But always try to argue substantively. You could disagree with someone halakhically in a substantive way, in a normal way, in an objective way. You don't have to say, oh, he's, he's in the game of Dhamma. Like I'll tell you what, snarky line that I very much didn't like. My father told it to me, but he heard it in the shiva. So there was a safer called Aim Habanam Smeri. You heard of it? Anyone heard of it? Yeah? Oh, so Hechtal, yeah? He was a rabbi in Hungary before the war. It was a place that he wrote a, a Shubas for me. I've seen them, they sell them in the in the Berman bookstore, both uh, I think even well known today, called Mishnah Safa. It was a place in Hungary pre-World War II. He ends up in the Budapest um, during the war. And you know, they didn't deport the Jews of Hungary until the very end of the war. And he was there. He's living in Budapest. And he, he has no, uh, no scar. And he writes a sefer that is a very difficult read, to put it modestly. It's not, a, it's not an easy read. It's, uh, it's sort of, it's written without books, in a hurry, with a frenzy, by a person who's undergoing a tremendous amount of stress. Um, and he's writing about the fact that his whole position which was a Hungarian position, same position as the Munkatra, et cetera, around Zionism, was wrong. The whole thing is a way of an atonement as to, as to his very, very vociferous anti-Zionism. That's the same. It could have used a lot of editors. If it was editors at that time, they published it as it was smuggled out in public. He was on a train Auschwitz with the rest of you know the, the congregation um, and the way it was attested. The eyewitness said that somebody had a little bit of bread and somebody went and grabbed it away like a boy, grabbed it away from them. And he tried to protect the person and he got beaten up to death. He died on the train to Auschwitz. He didn't get killed in Auschwitz. He got killed before Auschwitz on the train. That was his end. When I was going through, you know, Teenage Adolescence Rebellion and reading off of different things. So Zionism was a favorite topic of mine. So I read his Sefer. And um, my father saw me reading the Sefer. He said, oh, that Sefer? He was paid off by the Zionists to write it. 
said, what? What the room was in Yeshiva was how did the Mishnah Zacher turn out to write a book about the Zionists? Pro Zionists, a big anti Zionist. like a Munkash, a big student of, in the Hungarian era, very anti Zionist. Yeah, the Zionists, they found the rabbi who was a big rav and they paid him money. So you should write a book, Pro Zionism, that would save himself. It was down on the train to Auschwitz. I've seen arguments can somebody make like this? But that's what people said. That was that was the rumor in Yeshiva that yeah he wrote the sefer in order to save his family and his family by the way did so he died, but to make such an accusation is, is not much mind boggling. You don't like the sefer, it's no problem. You don't like the sefer, say why you don't like the sefer. But to say it was bought off, to write a sefer, it's not a fair thing to do. And to, to, to accuse somebody of scruple of lacking scruples, it's not it's not a fair way to argue. All right, but why am I bringing up this Gemara? This was a semi-tangent. Well, why am I bringing up the Gemara? Because what do we see about Rav? No. No, no, but what do we see about Rav? Why am I bringing up the Gemara? Rav was a brewer. He was in the beer business. Rav was working. Yes? Rav is a brewer. Okay? We have another Gemara. This one, a few blot later, in Avrib Sakhar. Also about Rav. Says the Gemara like this: Omar le Rav lechia brei. Rav says to his son Chia, "It's not Rav Chia. This is Rav's son Chia." Right? Says le tishti sam of le tishaver, nigra of le taker kavon. He's giving him advice, like uh, homespun, homespun advice, right? What they call pity uh, aphorisms. He says, you know, you shouldn't take too much medicine. But we know today, doctors, right? You shouldn't get addicted to drugs. You shouldn't take too much medicine. But shaver nigra. Don't go jumping over ditches with Dr. Coffin. Don't take out your own teeth, right? You should rely on a dentist to take out your teeth. Don't try to make your own home remedies. You decide what to do. You can take a, a, a remember as a kid reading a book, you take a string, you put it around your tooth, you go to the door, you have them push over the door. Like that's not what you do. You go to the professional. Yeah, okay. You see, it's a good riot to have such a good month. Yeah. All right. And then he has some more. Uh, don't go starting up with snakes. And don't go starting up with giants. Right. Then he says like this, don't mess around with three types of people. katan, a small guy, meaning not a short, uh, uh, a kid, huh? a kid, like a, 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 don't start up with geisha kid. Menachish katan, and uh, don't start up with small snakes. The Talmud katan, and, and, and young students, why not? My Talmud, and Lukhutai, because they're small now, but what's going to happen with that? They're going to get big. And when they mature, they're going to remember, you start up with them when they were a kid, they're going to come after you. So don't start up with them when they're small. So when they're, after, when they're older, they won't come back after you. But more of these nice aphorisms. Then the work continues. So Rav had son, Chia, we talked about him, and all the advice he gave. Now he has another son, Ayyeboy. What happens with him? You've been trying all of them. It hasn't been working out well for you. You're not a success in learning Torah. You don't know how to learn. We tried. We gave it a good shot. We gave it the old college try. But it's not working anymore. You just, you simply can't learn. You don't have the capacity. You don't have the ability to learn Torah. Therefore, I'm going to teach you how the world works. You can't learn Torah? No problem. We're going to teach you business. Remember, we talked about that in Morning Subas, about learning from the various Tanam and Amram 
the pedagogical approach, right? Right, Rebbe, how did Rebbe deal with his son? Right, Rebbe had a son and he went, he was gonna go learn for 12 years. And then they, he saw her, you know, sashay by and he got all, you know, I can't, I, I, I wanna, I wanna learn for six years. Then she came by the other direction. Oh, that, I just wanna get married. I don't wanna learn at all. And, and he was very embarrassed. Shame stuff for the father. Rebbe Udanasi, what do we say Rebbe Udanasi, Mark Suba, his hand never went below his belt. He was such a tzaddik, he was a kaddish, you know, as Rebbe he was mamish living in a different world. He had all the wealth in the world. And he had no honor from anything. This is Rebbe Udanasi and his own and his son's like, he's embarrassed of his father. And what did his father say to him? That you have the Das Kreinach, right, Yeshbuch. You're like God. You're like God? Yeah. Because like Kodesh Baruch said, I'm going to make a Mikdash to Vyem, Where's When I'm going to build a Mikdash when you come into the land of Israel? Hashem couldn't wait. He was so excited to have a place of Mokim Shachanti Besaycham. And he makes a mikdash right in the middle of the desert, a mishkan right there, because he couldn't wait. So you're like God. It doesn't at all make your son feel bad and make him feel great. There's nothing to be embarrassed about at all. So we have Rav, he has a son. Presumably he wanted his son to be a good. Rav is a great rabbi. Rav is a Tana who plays mamish unbelievable level. He's almost like a Tana. And he has a son who doesn't work out the learning. What does he do? He says, all right, look, we tried it. Did our best. It doesn't work. So let's teach you business. Amazing, right? Maybe you guys didn't grow up with it. But when I grew up, or where I grew up, in the non hamish world, but in the very yeshivish world, it was very difficult for certain parents who were Rosh Yeshivas, you know, big, big uh, rabbanim, I have a kid that didn't want to learn at all. Bring shame on the family. What is it? Everybody has to learn. This is a family business. The Gemara tells us that what? Because I'm sure it's like you're nothing. So we have the Gemara condition, which says one way to but what's the other way to, to understand? We had that also in the Gemara Supers last week, right? That if the terrorist stays in around three generations of the same family, it's not going to leave. So all of a sudden it's leaving. Ra has no problem. If son wants to go to, if son's not working out the learning, let's teach you work. It doesn't sound like the son is pushing the work. It sounds like Rob is saying, look, it's not working out. Let's, let's do something else. Says the Gemara. He gives him start giving him work advice. He says, says, when you're coming back to town and you have dust on your feet, sell your merchandise. Why is, what's he mean? What's he, trying to, what's he trying to tell him? If you're going to warehouse your merchandise, the possibility, right, what could happen? It could get rotted. It could have problems. You come to town, you have merchandise fresh, get rid of it. Sell now. That's his, that's his advice. Called you know, Whatever you're gonna sell things, you can have karate. But you should still sell. But you should know when you take the spot market price, you're often gonna have karate. Right? You see the market going up the next day, <laughs> right? No. Except for wine. Because wine, you never have karate. You never know. With the wine, it can go bad easily. Didn't have refrigeration. Maybe he wouldn't say the same kind of thing today. But those that didn't have a wine cellar, I mean, they had a wine cellar, but not like the wine cellars that we have. They had. You ever see these sellers in Israel? It's amazing. You can go into these kind of sellers. Not for wine they have, but like sellers that they use to like keep cool. It's amazing. You go down like 100 feet in the ground. It's like always like a certain temperature. 50, 60, it's like perfect climate control, right? And he ran. They also have like incredible, like these, the opposite. They have these like towers that go up to like Ramos to Shemayim. You ever see this thing? And like creates wind tunnels to cool houses without any air conditioning. That's using wind, funneling the wind through the house. Amazing. They were, they were not... Uh, with electric, but they had unbelievable tools and capacities. But he says, nevertheless, make sure you sell your wine right away, and you'll never regret selling the wine. The Shari Kislev has a 
He says, when you have a situation, when you uh, are selling, make sure Shari Kitsafa open up your purse before you open up your stack. In other words, um, don't expect, how's it called, an IOU. Don't take IOUs. First, show me, that, what does it say? Cashman, what does it say? Show, show, no ticky, no laundry. How's it called? No ticky, long laundry, right? You first give me the money, then you get the merchandise. Not, I give you the merchandise and the IOU. Yeah, yeah, well, well, and credit, you know, it'll come back in a few months. No, no. You pay now. Yeah? There's a cover, I have like Kurame Igra. He says another one, a, a line that he says, the, the Rashbam explains, which really what he's trying to say here is, don't try to make deals in like Hudson's house, you know? Oh, you heard that about that amazing deal in Indiana? Uh, focus on your area that you know. Don't run after the deals around the whole world that people are telling you are amazing. Focus on what you know. You know, the Warren Buffett kind of a line, right? I'm not an expert in most things. Right, the, I try to be an expert in a few things that I want to know. That's the that's the the word here, the way the Rashbam explains it. Then he continues, and he says, "Tamra uh, When you have your dates, run to the brewery in order to to um to make the beer. Right, that's how they made date beer from the palms. Why should you run? Because it can go bad. They can get wormy. They can get I don't know whatever happens to dates. Bad comma. I'm a rabbi plus the saw. A certain amount, fine. Now, this is all the background for the Gemara. We're not connected to the Ksubas, whatever, but this is why I really want this Gemara. Omar Rav Papa. Rav Papa says, if I wasn't a brewer, I wouldn't have become wealthy. I didn't know brewer was a big business. I mean, I hired the bush, but I didn't know. Today, they're saying hundreds of brewers, but I didn't know that big success. Maybe they are big success. Anybody know? Being a brewer is a big business today? That's all they, so I, so it's funny that you're saying that. I, I, I was discussing that the shop, somebody, in medieval Europe, this we know is for sure true. That is to say, in medieval Europe, they managed didn't trust water at all. Why not? Because of the Black Pig. Right? They didn't understand how it got closed. They didn't understand how it got transferred, but they understood that water was a danger for them. They literally never drank water. They woke up in the morning, they had beer. It's like mind-boggling. They literally only ever drank beer or wine. They never drank water. I don't know what it was like in Bavel or Eretzitzel. That is to say, we know that shots of Yai and Chai didn't work, but they were put in water into the Yai. Somehow, that they were willing to put in water. I'm not 100% clear. That one. Yeah, yeah, but I'm saying, but it, it, was it true in all places? Was it true at all times? Like, I'm not 100% clear. Like, the, I know medieval Europe was not a Jewish thing. No one drank water. It was considered literally life-threatening. It was, like, amazing. But that, that's how they felt in those days. So, a pup is saying that if I was not a, if I was not a brewer, I would not have become wealthy. Yeah? And then the Gemara says, Because if I hadn't been a brewer, I wouldn't to become wealthy. So we, we have two different possibilities, but either either one. We see here two examples of people, famous Amoyron, Rav Chizda, right, and Rav Papa, who were brewers, and that's how they became wealthy. Now, if you become a brewer, that means you've got to do some amount of labor, I assume, right? Taking the dates and having them ferment and making the beer and selling the beer and all of that. Here we have two examples of famous Amoyron that worked. 
Huh? And Rav was also a brewer. Yeah. So um, what I'd like to do now is another Gemara here in Sachem. The Gemara says like this. The Gemara says, I put down a bunch of Sachem Gemara to do. Uh, okay. So I have a couple more citations from Sachem. Yeah. So the Gemara here is talking about the fact that Akkadish Bohu is uh, is uh, looking favorably upon certain bachelors. Why? Because even though they're bachelors, they're not getting engaged in any sin. So Rav Safra was a bachelor. Rav Safra heard this line from Yechman that Hashem is looking favorably on a Ravik who's ain't a chayta, somebody's a bachelor, but he's not sinning. And Gemara says, Rav Safra's face turned yellow. What do we have another like Gemara? Just Gemara says in Chulin. Gemara says that Princess Ben Yair was traveling through town. The Princess Ben Yair was only he took nothing from anybody. He refused. And he was traveling through town, and Rabbi Hudanatu was bugging him, bugging him to come to eat by him. And Princess Ben Yair agreed. So Rabbi gets on his face like turned yellow. Like yellow usually assumes like the problem with Billy Rubin, right? It's like, you know, yellow babies are not the human person, right? It means here like it, it was glowing, right? So uh, that's another example we see this. Anyhow, Rav Safra heard that, that bashes who don't sin are, are, are amazing. Akhlar's broke was appreciating them. So he was, he was very sad. So Amalai Rava, so Rava says back to him, love to join Mar. Not like you. Sorry, you're not you're not the example that Akhlar's broke was so happy about. Yeah, what, what's wrong with me? He says like this. The example is more like Rav Chanina Rav Oisha for bachelors. They lived in the land of Israel. They were cobblers. They were people made sandals. They sat in the shuk of Zainus. I mean, pretty amazing, right? The land of Israel had a shuk of Zainus. Fine. And why did they sit there? Do their work. What was their work? Making shoes. So make shoes for the Zainus. So the woman would come and they would look at these, you know, two bachelors, and Rabbi wouldn't pick up their heads. They kept their heads firmly trained on the ground. So they would say, so they, they would explain, these, these Zionists would explain, like, look at these holy rabbis. Because that's when, when we're talking about People that Kodesh Baruch was impressed with, bachelors that are not married and don't sin. Sorry, not bachelors that are not married. By definition, bachelors are not married. Bachelors that don't sin, that Kodesh Baruch is happy with, are people like any negotiation. What's the problem with this Gemara? Oh, very good, right? That's the only place you can make shoes. I don't know what kind of shoes they specifically needed, but High heels, right? That, that's where you have to go make shoes. Why can't you go sit in a different shop, make shoes somewhere else? Why don't you go to this shop? Oh, so that, yeah, that was a special kind of a shoe, right? It was a Jimmy Choo, right? It was a nice shoe. And they could, they, they were like, the only people who could afford it, maybe it was the sugar design, maybe. Okay, that's a possibility. There's another possibility. It's not brought down here, but you know what another possibility is? 
The Gemara tells us on the Pasuk, Rigzu v'al techato. Rish Lakish says, the Gemara Brachas tells us, Le'olam, person should be yargiz adam al yetzahara yetzahara. Right? A person should always thought of as yetzahara. But don't sin. It doesn't fit well with that idea that a person is not supposed to put himself into a place of sin. So it's definitely um, not an easy uh, way to explain it, but the easy way to explain it is they ask your Moshe if you're allowed to go on a city bus. If there's a city bus, you're going to see so how do you get to work? How do you get to go on a bus? That's how, that's how you have to live. So that things come up. That's not a situation of being Yagi's Atzmai, the Yetzirah, the Yetzirah, that's not what you're doing. We have, and this is a tangential thing, I'll just mention it, it's beautiful, Ptzadik, everyone knows Ptzadik. So Ptzadik says, on Davin HaMelech, Davin HaMelech is the end of his life, everybody knows the Maishah, Davin the beginning of Melech, Davin HaMelech is very cold, right? he couldn't get worn by clothing. Why not? Certain age, whatever, what it was. So what did he end up doing? He ended up bringing him a, very nice, they brought him a Vishak Right, who was the most beautiful girl in all of Israel? By the way, what did Chazal say? The Nachshamim between Achashverosh and David Amalek. Now, what by Achashverosh when he made the party, right? Effectively, uh, what they call um, a beauty contest. Right, he made a beauty contest like they have in America. He made a beauty contest for all of the Persian Empire. And what happened with everybody? What did they do with their daughters? No, no, they hid them. They all hid their daughters. David Amalek made a beauty contest. And everybody falling over themselves to send their daughters, right? To have a moment to go down and I was about to say, Malach, my beautiful woman of Israel. It says the king didn't know her. The king had no, no relationship with her. That's what says the Pasuk. The Umar then goes and amplifies. And the Umar says that Abishak accused David Amalek of not being able to be in a situation where he was able to um, be intimate with her. And he proves her wrong by engaging in intimacy with Bathsheba. Look at Mark. Says from Tzadik. Why did I not do this? Why did I not do this? Says from Tzadik, he's trying to make up for something. What was he trying to make up for? Maitha Bathsheba. And the Maitha Bathsheba was what? Was the moment of weakness. By bringing in Abishag, it's an attempt to effectively, what does the rabbi say in the shuva? When, when do you get perfect shuva? I say, Isha, I say, you got to go with the same kind of thing. You get the most beautiful woman in the world. Right? Bring her in to Chadra Chadar and don't sin. Right? That's the situation. of Rizu, What do you mean? I mean, he didn't, he didn't delay. Right, he didn't delay. Right, right. The amazing Chazal, right? The comparison of Moshe and Yeshua. Right, what happens by Yeshua? The Pastor tells us in Yeshua that Hashem tells Yeshua, you're old, 
and there's still a tremendous amount of land of Israel that you haven't vanquished. The Chazal say that Yeshua didn't vanquish it. Why? Because he knew that when, when he finishes the job, it's over for him. But he wants to stay on as the leader. He's not just being done. So therefore he tarried, he delayed, he tarried, he made it slower job. tells him, moment this war is over with Midian, you're done. And Meshur Abenu goes to war immediately. It doesn't delay. From here, what Sammy's adding is that when he came to him, he was the public says that they were all sitting there crying. They're sitting there crying, they don't know what to do. So now he knows what to do. And he does it without any delay. Maybe. Okay. So the Gemara says that Chanin and Rabbi were what? They're, they're sandal makers, they're shoemakers. Right? Another Gemara I'm talking about, Moram who had jobs good. We're proving just from Sachem alone, right? We have our pace that come up. We're just proving from these Gemaras are so good. Here's another Gemara. The Gemara says like this. This Gemara, we actually, I think we may have quoted it last week, right? Because we were talking about Rabbi Akiva. Right? This is the famous, the famous line that Rabbi Akiva says he would have bitten the rabbis, right? Like a, a donkey, right? It, it, when he was the, when he was an Amar. Rabbi Kiva said, immediately Somebody would have, when I was an Amar, when I was an ignoramus, um, if somebody would have given me a Tamakachma, I would have bitten him like a donkey. So I'm like, Tamida, Rabbi, Amar Kelev. The students say, why, why are you saying a donkey? Why not say uh, a, a dog? I mean, bite him like a donkey. So the Gemara says, um, Rabbi Kiva responded that the difference is is that the Talmud Chacham uh, I'm sorry that the Chamar uh, bites through I guess the bite of a donkey is stronger than they could bite through a bone whereas a dog doesn't bite through a bone I, I'm not an expert in the raw biting power of Chamars versus dogs but that's, um, that, that's what Rabbi Kiva said in other words what he's trying to say is he, how much he hated the rabbis Right, he would have bitten them like a donkey. He would have broken through the bone. The more that continues, and the marshal like this: Tanner blessed Omer. Blessed people that hate the rabbis. So all these different examples of how much the, the amaratim you should, you know, that you have to be careful from them because they would kill you, they would hurt you, they would harm you, whatever, all different ways. So blessed Adam We didn't need them for work. Right. There's a, there's a relationship here that's a business relationship. It's not for the fact that we have this business relationship that would kill us. What's a raya? Why am I bringing this a raya? Another raya that was? That they're doing business. I don't have the specific rabbi in mind, but it's another raya for the more that they're doing business. They're doing business. Even I'm a rabbi. <coughs> I have a couple more minutes. I just want to do, I'll leave you with a question. Or not, not, not a question. Um, just an interesting thing that people used to change. I had a question. I think when I, when I, when I put these remarks together, in my mind, I had another question. I think today they answered the question. And they, you know, it's a different stage in my own life, right? It's different jobs. People have different jobs throughout their life, throughout their career. People who switch jobs. And I think in those days, you also see people switching jobs a lot. So the Gemara says like this Everyone knows the Gemara, it's a famous Gemara in Brachas. The Gemara tells us that Rabbi Gamliel had a, a run in with Rabbi Yeshua. It was instigated by Rabbi Shimbayachai. He wants to know if Meir was a Rishos or a Taiba. So, Basically, Rabbi Shua gets humiliated, 
and they had enough. Because right? remember, the Gemara's Rosh Hashanah, when he made Rabbi Yeshua go violate his own Yom Kippur, to go and um, appropriately accept the, the decision of Rabbi Gamliel, who was a Nazi. So now it's enough. So Yeshua is like, I'm done. Right? And they decide to disclose Rabbi Gamliel for his inappropriate way of treating Rabbi Yeshua. And what happened? They end up installing the Bosom of Azari. That's where we get the famous line. Right? What do you mean, kid? Right? He's like seven years old. How old was he really? He was 18 years old, right? But his wife, he had, his wife had advised not to take the job because he's not going to be there for very long. He says, better to taste the ring of power for a little bit than not to have tasted it at all. But because of the fact he was only 18 years old when he was nominated, so he thought maybe he would do a bad job. No one would respect him. So what happened? He, he grew up, I don't know about if he grew a beard overnight, but his beard grew white, right? He had, he had white hairs in his beard overnight. It could be from the worries, the question, from the worries of having the job, but from them taking away the job, basically. From the, but a lot of worries, so he ends up with a white beard. So he was like seven years old. And in the end, they, there was a rapper Roshman between Ramakamlina and Rabbi and they put back in Ramakamlina to power, but they don't knock a buzz of a desire totally out of power because you know, he was already tasted. It's not right to take him off. So what do they end up doing? They have rotation, right? And if we get the line, the famous line, Shabbos, Shalmiyah, whose Shabbos was it? Because sometimes Ramakamlina was the one who was Dyer's name, sometimes it was Elizabeth Azar. Ramakamlina got three weeks, and Elizabeth Azar got a week. The, the Rabbi Rashmat and part of the Gemara goes like this. I'm Rabbi Gamliel. <laughs> Since it's a situation like this, where uh, the only way I can make up for this is, I, I, is by making it up to Rabbi Shua. So I'm going to go, I'm going to, I'm going to ask for forgiveness. When he gets to his house, he says he sees the walls of his house are very, are very black. So I'm alay. He says because from the walls of your house, I see you're a um, like a blacksmith, right? That you're you're engaged with with um, smoke and, and soot and things like that. So I'm alay. I lay the dirt at the parnas. Nebuch, that you're the parnas, right? That you're parnas. That you're the the nasty. Nebuch. Why? Because she at the day, but time shall turn to come. You don't know, you don't understand the star of the rabbis in the Tabernacle Meaning, you don't appreciate how hard we have to work. You're the Nazi. You have, you're a made man. You have it easy. You don't have to work that hard. And you, and you still get supported. You're very wealthy. But the Tabernacle we have to work. We're not having it made. We're in a terrible situation. So that's why my walls of the house are all soot, all full of soot. So, you don't understand how the Tamil Chachamim before their lifestyle. You don't understand how they work. You don't know the first thing about them. How they sustain themselves. So, he says to him, he doesn't, he doesn't respond, by the way. Rabbi doesn't respond to this question. He doesn't say, no, I really do know how they are. He doesn't. So that's a very interesting thing. He doesn't. He just moves on. He says like this, so he says, please just be Michael me. And he ignores him. But he sure doesn't respond. He says, 
to the care. Don't be mechli for my own sake. Be mechli for the covenant of my father's house. Right, for the family of Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Shimon uh, Gamliel, Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Huda Nasti, etc. Don't forgive me because of me. Forgive me because of the house of the nuts. That goes back to Hillel, that goes back to the mouth, that goes back. And that, he was pious, Rabbi Shosh, that's fine. He accepted. We have another Gemara in Harriet. I mean, Gemara in Harriet says like this. They were, they, were on a, they were on a ship. Both Rabbi Gamliel and Rabbi were on a boat. Rabbi Gamliel bought a small amount of rations. It was supposed to be a short trip. Rabbi Shua bought a lot of rations. So Shalom Pita to Rabbi Gamliel. When the Pita of Rabbi Gamliel was finished, he relied on the Sultan of Rabbi Yeshua. Shalom the Havala Akuba Kulihai. How did you know that our boat would be delayed? The Asti Sultan, he brought this extra food. So I'm like, there's a there's a star that comes every 70 years. We know this in English as what? What kind of a star do we call it? Comes every a comment, which one? It comes every 70 years. Hey, see, you guys are all like every sure. Um, so he says there's a comet that comes every 70 years, the myth is Venus, and it confuses the boats because they're not sure which way to go. They, they don't know where. So Vamaita Shami and I was concerned that it was actually time for appropriate time for it to come. So therefore I brought extra food. So Omalek called Kakriya Dakhabatina. You have all this knowledge of science, you're such an expert, even though Haley's comet, and you're still going on the boat. Why is he going on the boat? says Rashi. You have so much chachma, so much secular wisdom. You know all about these kinds of science things. Nevertheless, at the air, the skin of the you're going on a boat to go do sky. Remember? Who goes on a boat to do sky? We had a Gemara and Tainus all those months ago. Remember who it was? It was the, it was the protagonist along with Rabbi Yechanan. Right, who was it? Remember the Gemara? Rabbi Yechanan and Ilfa. Right? Remember they were on a boat or Ilfa went who they were going to go and become merchants. And Rabbi Yechon ends up staying, and Ilfa goes, right, and becomes a merchant. And he ends up hanging himself on the sail, right, and says, anybody who can show me a bright that I can't show in the Mishnah, right, I'm, meaning I know all my learning, I haven't forgotten a thing. So, so Rashi says, why is there Bishu on the boat? You're going on a boat in order to go do work. You need to go and go do business. You have to go on a boat for long trips to go do business. You're such a big expert, but you should be able to figure out your Mizrahis locally. So we have two different Gemaras, but clearly two different jobs that Rishu was doing. On the one hand, he seems to have been a blacksmith. On the other hand, he was going to be a merchant. So they say people have different careers in life. So Rishu had sound like the Gemaras that he had two different jobs. All right, we'll stop over here. We will not uh, resume until after. Uh, Pesach, not that first Shabbos, because I won't be here, but the second Shabbos, right? Shabbos. Right? Akushim Pesach.